welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but I'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life Podcast. Today, we have an interview of myself. So I actually am stealing some content from a good friend, Brad Jensen, the owner of Key Nutrition and the host of the Key Nutrition podcast. He recently had me on, uh, honestly, to kind of promote the Taylor Trainer. Like that was the, the main thing. He knew that we just launched an app. Um, I was his training and nutrition coach for over a year. So he is a fan of my programming. He knows that, uh, not to chew my own horn, that I know my shit. And he was like, I want you to come on and talk about the app. So um, he gave me a chance to, to jump on. I really appreciate him doing so. And I think you guys are going to like this episode because I literally just nerd out on training with him. I answer some of the most commonly asked questions from my clients, from his clients, from people in general, and just give a lot of really good practical advice about how to program um, and how to tell when a program is really good. Um, so if you like this episode, make sure you do me a favor, tag myself and Brad. Um, mine is Cody McBroom, at Cody McBroom on Instagram. His is at the Sober Bodybuilder. We'll put those in the show notes. But let us know you like the podcast. We want to share it on our story as well. Um, and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. Now, before we get into the show, I do want to make a quick announcement and mention about something major that is going to be launching next week. So next Monday is going to be the first day that we open it up for people to sign up. And this is the tailored life challenge. Some of you guys may have seen me doing some different challenges lately, like the next level 90. And then it was the tailored life challenge with my team. And we just let our coaches and our staff do this daily challenge for a month. And it was killer. It was, it was really fun. It was a cool way for all of us to connect and, and, and just do something together and bond, but also to push ourselves. We did things that were challenging, that were out of our comfort zone. For some of us, it was different things than others, but no matter what, the whole team got a ton out of it, grew a lot physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. It was just awesome. So we got a lot of noise from it. We got a lot of questions about it. We got a lot of members asking about it. So we decided to make it a thing, but you guys know me, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. So what I wanted to do is wait a little bit longer, put way more effort into this and make it the shit for lack of better terms. Um, originally it was so dope that we were like, we got to charge for it. So we were going to charge for it. And then we're going to slap a little extra on there for donations to charity. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, man, I just want to make this completely free and just, just change people's lives as much as I can. Like we always do. And, and realistically, I'd rather have a bunch of people in a group amped the fuck up and changing dramatically than charging people. So we might allow you guys to buy a tailored life shirt. We just got to customize and everything. But other than that, it's completely free. And that's even if you want a shirt. The point is, this is going to be completely free. It launches on Monday. There's three levels. So stay tuned for the podcast that are going to be following this one because I'm going to talk more and more about it. But essentially, we have three specific 
levels. Level one is equanimity, which means mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper, especially in a difficult situation, which is another way of saying getting you hyper-focused and clear on life and what you want while there's a lot of chaos and noise going on around you. Level two is going to be resiliency. So this is very similar to equanimity, but we're adding a component of resiliency. So we're going to throw a couple extra challenges at you. And then the final one is armory. So this is just straight up armor. We are armoring your entire life. Uh, we're taking equanimity and resiliency, putting them together, and then we're adding some physical components to it. So the first level has four habits. The second one has six, and the last one has eight. So we're adding two each level. You might just start at level one, and maybe we run this again and you jump to level two, or you might have done challenges with us or others in the past, and you want to jump right into level three. Either way, we're all going to be doing it together. There's going to be a Facebook group that I will be going live in every single Monday as just a way to motivate and rah-rah everybody up um, and tell you guys what I'm learning throughout the process. We will have one to two coaches, I'm pretty sure two, every single week going live as well to teach you guys something. And there's going to be an active Facebook group. So you guys are going to get PDFs, you are going to get get journal practices. You guys are going to get specific things that we have created so you can track your habits along the way. You can share your progress and you can actually do the work because we're laying it out for you. So there's no guesswork involved. And again, it's 100% free. Um, so this is one of the coolest things that we've ever done, especially for free. So I'm really excited about this guys. If you want more info, just stay tuned. We're going to announce it. We're going to give you, give you guys a chance to sign up with the form and everything. On Monday's podcast next week, I will share it on Instagram as well, but just be on the lookout for that. We're going to put it everywhere. We want as many people as we can in, and you only have next week to decide, and it's the entire month of May, so 31 days leading into summer, which is perfect because we're going to crush this together. We're going to build some nasty habits, um, nasty as in a really good thing is what I'm talking about there, and then we're going to go right into summer, which is a perfect time to take a little bit of a break, get through summer, have a good time, look better, feel better, be smarter, have more clarity. And just enjoy your time. So um, once again, guys, thank you for listening. Share this podcast if you love it. And be on the lookout for more info on the Tailored Life podcast. And without any further ado, let's get into my interview on the Key Nutrition Podcast. Bro, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. Um, <laughs> wasn't the smoothest start, but we're fucking here, man. <laughs> First thing in the morning, I don't need this shit, you know? Um. Yeah, man. I, this is why I try to do nothing without adult supervision. Look how blotchy red I am from being stressed. And should, should, me trying to figure out like buttons on a podcast, you know, because it's not the same one I have at my office, which is the same one you have. Yeah. I'm like yeah. looking at it like it's like some kind of Chinese algorithm. I'm like, I don't know what to move here. Yeah. I stopped doing podcasts at my place because of the same exact reason. There's always issues or like my daughter would come in the room in the middle of the podcast and like, or like knock on the door and be like, do you want to build a snowman? And I'm like, not right now. Chad, no, go away, go away. <laughs> He's adorable dude, by Thank the way. You. Thank you, man. We, uh, uh, we just got her a fish, which is the newest addition to the family. Uh, she wants a dog so bad. So we figured we'd start with a little fish. And, uh, it was funny cause <laughs> I don't know shit about fish. So I go to the store and try to get her like a Nemo, you know, and apparently you need, uh, a saltwater tank. So I needed a bigger tank filled with saltwater in order to let a, a Nemo, which is a clownfish survive, which I didn't have. So I bought her a beta fish, which I could only get one because they'll kill each other if I don't, if I get more. And, uh, I failed to get a heater for the tank and I overfed it. <laughs> so day one, it's like floating towards the top. It's hiding behind this filter and it's like about to die, dude. It's freezing and it's overstuffed. And they, these kind of fish will literally, I find out on Google will eat themselves till they're dead. But it, like, 
the fish eats so little, so I just dump a bunch of fish food in there, figured it would control itself, you know, but that was wrong. And uh, <laughs> so my wife FaceTimes me and my daughter's like, the fishy's scared, dad. The fishy's scared and it wouldn't come out or move or anything. And I was like, oh shit, it's about to die. So let's go get some equipment. <laughs> and we saved the day. So now the fish is like pumping around and shit. It's cool, but it's a rough start to that one, man. First pet experience. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Hopefully you can keep a dog alive one day. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I attempt that. Um, dude, life good, man. I was just on your podcast. I feel like we caught up. Yeah, caught up in real life too. In IRL, I know what that means. It means in real life, yo. Oh, I, was like, I don't know what the fuck that means. I was like IRS. <laughs> I know what that means. Have I mean, you like seen it. the thing where they say no cap? Mm-mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, no cap. I was like, what does that mean? My nephew's like, duh. I'm like, no caption. He was like, no, no lie. Come on, bro. No cap. What? I don't. Nope. Thank you. I'm so glad. See, I thought maybe I was just old, and like you're not as old as me. I almost. You don't know what that- I almost thought you were referring to it like no capital letter, so it's not as important maybe, like no big deal, no cap. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, we are not yelling. <laughs> no capital letters in here. Uh, but, yeah, man, life's good. You uh, get some big things coming up, right? I mean, you, well, you created um, created an app, which I want to talk about, but really I want to talk about training. And then I've been using the app, so um, I'm going to plug that for you if that's okay because I want to talk about it. Absolutely. Okay. But yeah, man, everything's fucking great. Uh, the app was a successful launch. Um, it's always like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, you get, it's like when like you get the brand new iPhone that first comes out and then you realize there's like issues and shit and you should have probably waited, you know, like I think the good thing was, is like I jumped in and started testing it like a month or two before we went live. So I started kind of seeing like kinks and things I thought should improve so we did that, and then now that there's hundreds of people in there, it's like, oh, there's even more that I can tweak. So really, every week, I've been just kind of, like, tampering with it, making it better. Um, from a software perspective, it's perfect, but, like, little things within the programming of explanation, demos, um, extra videos, uh, RPE and RIR scales, like, all the little things, the nitty-gritty of programming, that's what I've been kind of just playing with along the way. And it's just getting better and better, man. It's starting to get to a point where um, I'm not, like, slaving away at it because, I'll tell you what, developing an app, uh, even though I'm not the tech guy doing the literal software, it is a lot more work than I anticipated. And I probably should have known that. I mean, it's, it's a big fucking thing, but man, just a lot of back end stuff. But it's it's been cool to see it go out and see it live and, and so many just different people. I mean, it, even like there was a couple dads in my neighborhood that like signed up and then there was like a block party barbecue and they were like, yo, I'm I'm in the app. I'm doing your training program in the garage. And I was like, that's so dope. So it's uh, it's cool, man. It's spreading around. Dude, I can only imagine, man, how many little uh, tweaks there are with those kind of. That's uh, but dude, I mean, you you launched it, and at least you did some beta testing. But I think you'll continue to uh, improve it. And have, but I was gonna ask you how much work you had to put into that, like you yourself. I'm assuming you did most of the programming, correct? Did all of the programming. So it that was the part that, that was a lot of work on my end. Obviously, you know, um, like there was a lot of 
backend information that I had to provide, sign up for, sign on the dotted line kind of shit to be officially in the app store on these different platforms and stuff for these different phones. Um, but, but, you know, when it comes to creating the, the algorithms and all that, I don't do a single thing. I just had meetings with the developers basically every other week where we're just touching base, making sure things are going smoothly. Um, obviously the colors, the style, the logos, the progressions, all that kind of stuff I decided on, they plugged in. And then the program design is 100% by me, which part of the reason for that is, is, you know, like, I mean, you know, this, like you have, you have a big following, you got a lot of fans listening to the podcast. You have a lot of people that love your information and you can nutrition coach all of them. You can give as much information as you can and obviously develop a team so you can have your team coach them. And that's what I do too. But you know, my team is primarily nutrition coaches. I have like one or two really good trainers on the team as well, but there's their main thing is still nutrition. So for me, you know, having the style of training and programming that I have that I'm known for that I've created in my content for so long, you get to a point where you can't work with that many people. So that's when I started playing with the idea of, of a membership site and looking back, you know, I've had it for years, but looking back the, when we first created it, the boom, boom elite was what it was called. It was just fucking horrible, man. I just cringe at it, but that's part of growth, right? You, you create something, you do something. Your first podcast you probably listen to, you're like, dude, what the fuck? Go back to this trailer. I'm like, could could, uh, could you do, could you just skip that one? Yeah. You just skip that one. Just skip it. Just, you know what? Skip the first 50 episodes. Yeah, dude, we're, we're almost 600 episodes in and I hear some of those. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I remember recording on a blue snowball mic in the middle of the table with two, me and another person leaning forward <laughs> to, to talk into the, the mic. It was just so bad, but it's the same thing with the membership site, man. So this, this updated version is, I mean, when I say 10 times better, it's 10 times better. So from, from every aspect, it's only gotten great reviews from everybody in it so far. And, uh, and yeah, like all the programming, that was the, t the tedious part for me. Cause there's about nine different programs in there. Um, but what I want to make clear for people too, is, is each program isn't like a, an ebook where you buy it ebook and it's like a 30 day workout program or a 12 week plan or something. I mean, these are like year round training programs. So going into it, I already have six months developed of eight to nine different programs. And then they're sequenced in phases that are usually eight to 12 weeks long, depending on the phase. And then it goes from phase one to two to three. So it's periodized. But my goal with it was. I don't want people going in and, and program hopping. You know, there's a lot of people who they start a program and they do it for four weeks and it's fun. And then they buy the next ebook and they jump into that. And then they buy the next one and they jump into that. And they do this thing where they're going from plan to plan and they're not getting results, right? And they're confused as to why they're not getting results. But the reason you're not getting results is because you're program hopping. You're not giving it enough time to, to actually progress. So my thought was like, okay, these people go in and they got like a few options of, of who they are, what their goal is and what's going to be best for them. And then programming's done for you for good. So it's like you go in, are you training as a beginner, an intermediate or advanced individual in the gym? Are you training three days a week, four days a week, five days a week or six days a week? Do you want conditioning or no conditioning? Is your goal muscle growth, strength and conditioning or fat loss, right? And once you pick these things, you have the program for you. And I'm in the group guiding people to make sure they do it. There's a Facebook group with it, obviously, as well. Um, and, and, and I have other coaches in the group. You're in the fucking group. Like, there's a lot of intelligent people that can help. But the cool thing is, like, you know, if somebody comes in, they're like, all right, I can lift four days a week. I'm, like, intermediate to advanced, and I really just want to get jacked. Perfect. This is the program for you. Don't ever change the program unless you get really fucking bored or your schedule dramatically changes or you advance to a point where you're like, I need a fifth or a sixth day. Um, because now 
your program is matching your schedule and your goal, right? And it's just going to evolve and progress. You don't have to worry about anything or changing it up enough times or enough stimulus change, novelty. I do that for you. Deloads are plugged in. Like intensification weeks are plugged in. So there's like a progression, then like a really intense block and then a deload block. Like it's all built out. So the the simple thought process Uh, And the method going behind the program is really what took the longest, man, of just trying to develop that the right way to make it really crystal clear. And then and then having options, you know, so like if you come in and you're training four days a week and your upper lower split and you're like, man, I love this program. I'm I'm progressing a ton, but I I want a fifth day and I don't want it to be overly taxing. And, you know, like I'm a dude that just wants to get jacked. I'm like, cool. Add the upper body specialization day. It's a fifth day that you can throw on any program and it's it's bodybuilding, it's pump work, it's not overly taxing, and it's gonna focus on your shoulders, upper back, and arms. Right. And it's just a good way to just make you look more jacked. For the women, there's a gluten hamstring extra day, right? And it's just a ton of glutes <laughs> and it's and it's a fifth day you can throw in, but it's not taxing. So having all these options, um, and as I go, obviously there's people that are like, Hey, this would be cool, this would be cool. Um and I'm kind of just stashing those in the bank, you know, of like, okay, these are more ideas I can bring into the table later on. Cause as anybody who's developed app knows, it's not as simple as getting an idea and be like, okay, let me create that and just throw it in. You know, it's, it's gotta be well thought out and planned out ahead. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm stoked as you can tell, I'm stoked about how it's coming, coming together. Well, so let me ask you this then. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, what's your school of thought on having to, so I guess first off on having to change, you know, exercises for the sake of AKA muscle confusion, mm. um, you know, I, I've, and then I guess, secondly, the question, like, so do you need to change your exercises or could you in theory just do the same ones every single week, month after month for maybe a year with proper progressive overload? And then the second part of that question is, if the answer to that is yes, then then why even throw in different exercises? I have clients that get confused with my messaging because I'm like, you don't need to change them all the time. Then I'm like, let's switch them all up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're like, yeah. wait, I thought we didn't need to. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's like kind of, it's a, it's a dancing kind of thing. And, and I think it, it ultimately depends on the personality of a person, but obviously I think from a programming and like uh, if we're just talking strictly like take their personality out of it, take their motivation and their adherence and all that out of it. And we're just talking about science of training and progression. um, It's all about specificity. So if your goal is to specifically build muscle, the right answer is you do the exercise as long as you possibly can until you stop progressing. Right. So if you're doing close stance barbell squats for four sets of eight on your leg day. And, uh, and you're progressing on them. You're adding, you're adding a rep. You said as long as you possibly can to continue to do the same exercise, right? Yep. hundred percent. As long as you're progressing. Right. So in this situation, if you're doing that exercise and, you, and you're going week after week after week, if you're adding five pounds every couple of weeks, you're adding 10 pounds every couple of weeks, or you're adding a rep, you're progressing. You don't need to change it. You're getting better at that movement. If you get to a point where you go three or four weeks and you can't add a rep, you can't, uh, add load, you've done proper deloading, you're recovering, like everything else checks out. It's time to change the exercise. You need a new stimulus. But for some people, dude, that could be 16 weeks. You know, that could be fucking 24 weeks. Somebody can do a squat for a long time. You know, even as an advanced lifter. What's that? All right. I, I feel like Gary Vee when I just keep interrupting you. Um, <laughs> uh, um, 
what so on exercises like uh like purely like hypertrophy movement let's say like uh like a dumbbell skull crusher right mm -hmm. I, like it's one i'm not gonna like i can't add a ton of strength maybe i can add a rep here or there but if you get stuck to a certain point on like these single joint movements is that a time to change it like that that's where i would notice that more than my compound lifts it's it, like small movements yep. right Exactly. So that's why I like this whole idea of, of using it as long as you can until progression is no longer there. It's kind of universal, right? Because on a bench press or a squat or a deadlift, that might be a long time, but on a dumbbell curl, it's going to be very short lived, maybe a couple weeks, if that, you know? So there, there's a few ways to do this. My personal favorite way is to keep compound lifts in for anywhere between six to 12 weeks. So if you're doing a squat, we have a squat cycle and it's like, you're, you're, you're doing a linear periodization, let's say. So week one, if your goal is hypertrophy, maybe week one, you're doing sets of 10. Week two, it's sets of eight. Week three, it's sets of six. Then you go back to 10, right? But you're still doing a barbell squat and you're going to do that for 12 weeks. So you'll go through four cycles of that, just trying to build strength in that range. Whereas every three weeks, when you go back to 10 reps, all your accessory work completely changes. So if you were doing a barbell supinated curl, now you're doing a dumbbell supinated curl. If you were doing a kettlebell lateral raise, now you're doing a dumbbell or a cable lateral raise. If you were doing a T-bar neutral grip row, now you're doing a barbell bent pronated grip row, right? So we change these little things. Um, and, and it's purely because of, I shouldn't say purely, it's, it's mainly because men mentally, like you need that novelty. You need a change. If you're doing the same fucking curl and the same exact like exercise for exercise, set for set, ref rep, for months and months and months on and you get bored, right? So as a programmer, there's kind of this line of like, okay, how can we continue to progress while making this varying enough to stimulate your mind, to keep you motivated to go to the gym? Every two to three weeks, you're like, oh, I got some new accessory work today, but I'm still going to squat. You can't get rid of the squat. You can't get rid of the bench, like things like that. Um, and if you do it that way, typically people will see both the best of both worlds. They're really excited and having fun in training, and they're also progressing in the gym because you know, I see strength athletes and coaches and bodybuilding coaches that will stick with everything for 12 to 16 weeks because technically they're right. You can and you will see that progress. Um, and for some people, that works better because they don't like change, right? This is where the personality comes into play. So we have different programming strategies that are, are kind of for the people who get anxiety when they see change because they like being in their comfort zone and just slowly progressing over time. And then we have the people that like new things. I'm this way. Like every few weeks I need change in my program. But if I keep changing my squad, I'll never build my squad and my quads will suffer from that. You know? So I think there's, there's kind of this fine balance between the two, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. That, that I was just about to say, you know, even if, you know, technically you don't have to change, uh, you know, uh, programming the personality, like I've got some clients that they get bored real quick. And listen, these are more lifestyle clients, so they're not into performance. They're like, yeah, that's cool. I just want, can we stop doing a squat and try something else? Like, yeah. And while I, you know, sometimes I'll say, let's keep the squat in, but how about we try these new things? I'll mix them. So personality, and I know that Mike Milner talks, so, I mean, when you really dive into like neurotype, but really it's also just assessing like a personality of a client. Like, are you like super type A? You like that structure? You don't want change? Like, cool. Then like, let's keep progressing in here. And, uh, I'm assuming you build in progressive overload. So a question I've gotten before is, let's say, uh, the question is, do, is it progressive overload? If let's say one week I'm doing sets of 10 with uh, 135, I mean, not me personally, don't judge me. Um, <laughs> then the next week, it's sets of six to eight, but it's at 150. 
So the 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 weight is heavier, but now the vol the reps are lower. So the question I got from a client, isn't that basically the same thing? Because I'm only getting six reps now, but it's heavier weight compared to 10 at a lighter weight. Are they equal? Yes. So technically the sets of 10 are actually probably more. I, I don't obviously I didn't just calculate this in my head because I'm not that good at math. But if if we do like true total volume, right? Like three times ten times one thirty-five is probably more than three times eight times one fifty-five. Um, but strength is a neurological adaptation, right? So, and this is another reason why even like the last thing I, I mentioned about um, compound lifts staying longer, that's part of it, right? A big part of why you get stronger in the squat is because it's neurological. And that means your skill of squatting with load on your back needs time to improve. So, um, because they've even done research on this, dude, like if, if you change the squat too much, you won't progress as much strength, right? There is value in changing the heavy compound lifts once you start lifting crazy heavy loads. So if you're squatting 500 pounds, I'm going to change that back squat out more often because you'll get overuse injuries, right? But for most people, gym pop, people that we work with stuff, they're not squatting 500 pounds on the regular. It's not like a common thing. So we keep those compounds in more because they're more neurological based. Whereas accessory work, they have studies on flexible training, just like flexible dieting, where instead of me saying you're doing a one-arm row, it just says horizontal unilateral row. So unilateral being one arm, horizontal being in front of you, right? Pulling a movement, doing a row. You could do a one-arm dumbbell row, one-arm cable row, one-arm whatever row, kettlebell, anything, chest supported, not supported. As long as you're doing the same amount of volume, you're going to progress over time. So that's where like you can kind of plug and play and switch things out a little bit more for these people who get bored really quickly because especially if they come from a CrossFit background, gen pop with a CrossFit background, dude, like those programs change every week, right? So those people are like, they get bored really quick, but that's also why you don't progress as much. You're changing something. It's random, right? Random workouts equal random results. It's like my favorite thing to say, but going back to the main question, like, is it better? It is because of that neurological adaptation, right? So if somebody's following a, uh, if I have a beginner, sometimes I won't do a linear progression like that. Like if it's, if they're like so new that they like, I mean, they're within their first year of, of lifting any weights at all, um, which means their strength potential is great. So I would probably rather be like, Hey, let's get a good average of like, let's just go four sets of eight and you're going to do four sets of eight every single week for four to six weeks. Because I know for a fact, because you're so new, you're probably going to add five pounds a week. I'm not adding five pounds a week because I've been lifting too long, but you probably will. So we're going to stick with that. Somebody who's more intermediate or advanced, there's no way they're going to add five pounds every single week, right? Those, those are short lived gains. That person should do this progression model that you just said, which is a linear progression because that neurological adaptation of, of putting more load on the bar, there's a neurological, neurological adaptation that builds strength. So when you return to the three sets of 10, now you're doing heavier weight. So you might go sets of 10 at 135, sets of eight at 155, and then maybe sets of six at 175. But then you go back to, you take a deload and then you go back to sets of 10 and now you're doing sets of 10 at 155, 145 even, even just 145 pounds heavier. Because at a certain point, you need to lower the reps to increase the neurological stress to adapt, build strength, and then you return to those higher reps at the beginning of that cycle and you're stronger. That's why like that example I gave earlier of like, we, we do that exact progression you just said for three weeks. And then after the third week, all the accessory and isolation work changes just to stimulate their mind. And then the compound goes back to the week one set and rep scheme, sets of 10, sets of whatever it was. And now you're stronger at that higher rep count. So now by the end of months, right, at the end of two, three, four, five, six months, you're accumulating more and more volume because you're kind of taking this stair stepper approach. Yeah, dude, that makes 
It makes perfect sense. And I hope you guys kind of caught that out there. Um, because this is exactly like, you don't have to be a competitive athlete to try and this, but you know, I know that you try to get gen pop, like, this is how you make results. Like you don't have to be competing in a, in a strongman competition or powerlifting meet or whatever bodybuilding to do these kind of progressions. And, um, so let me, um, let me ask you this. I actually put up on, uh, on, 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 on the Instagram web uh, on Instagram. Um, I, uh, one of the things I said, things I wish I would have known before starting, and I said, the training four days a week is better than six to seven. And I probably get the most comments about that. Like, what? so I'm doing a video, but I want to, like, I didn't mean that it's always better, but do you think that somebody who runs, like for me, what my reasoning behind that was, I run a high stress life. Like, I know I'm not, I, I tr I'm so much better about sleep today. So much better, but I'm not a sleep king by any means. Like, my aura ring tells me I'm like a good sleeper now instead of a really shitty sleeper. I just know there's a lot of other things in my life. And um, so me training four really hard days and prioritizing recovery in between after training for two decades seems to be more advantageous than six or seven. But do you think for the vast majority of people that is true or no? Yeah, um, I would say the vast, vast, vast majority for sure, 100%. And I think also too, like this is where it's hard because – there's so much research showing more volume is better. Like study after study after study shows they have four groups. Whatever group had the highest volume always gets the most gains. And people take that and run with it. But if you look at those studies, sometimes they show a study that just does bench press, leg press, and lying leg curl, right? So they're really only working three primary muscles. And they do this crazy amount of volume. And it shows more growth in the high volume. It's like, okay, but nobody just goes to the gym and does leg press, lying leg curl, and bench press. You know what I mean? Like, they do rows, they do pull-downs, they do shoulders, they do biceps, they do hip thrusts. So when we accumulate all this volume, it, it's completely different, right? So we have to just take it with a grain of salt of, like, yes, volume is our, our gauge to build muscle, into which is the same thing if you want to lose fat. That's still your goal is to build muscle if you want to lose fat. I don't care what you think. It's not circuit classes and, and Zumba and stuff like that. If you want to do that stuff, fucking do it. I tell my clients all the time, if you love Zumba, do Zumba and strength training. You know, like it's just, it's, you don't need to cut it out, but strength training is the way to go. You want to try to build muscle if you want this fat. But the point is, is, is that's our gauge, but it doesn't mean that you just crank that gauge all the way to the max and you're going to recover from that. Cause you're just not, you know? And dude, I know for me, I'll never forget this. Uh, I, I started my business and that's when I kind of had to start paying attention to this. Cause I was, you know, leaving the gym setting. I gave up all of my clients. So it was like from zero to a hundred, like I better fucking make this right because I have no money. <laughs> and I just started building and, and I was busy and I couldn't train as much. And then my, uh, my wife got pregnant. And at that point, it, it was like, it actually allowed me to train more because she's a night owl. But when she got pregnant, she was like ready for bed at like eight. So I started getting a ton of sleep. And I was like, fuck yeah, I can train like a monster now that I'm feeling so good. So I started training a bunch. Then we had my daughter and I just stuck with the same program that I was running before we had her. And I literally went into a depression. And when I say depression, like I was legitimately like really sad every day. And I didn't know why because I just birthed a beautiful baby. Well, I didn't literally. My wife did. But point being, <laughs> I just had a beautiful baby. Why am I so sad? And it was because my nervous system was fried from training every day so much, six days a week. And so I had to back off. I went to three and then I built back up to four with like a two, two days of walking, you know, and that was like a big eye opener for me. But, um, 
man, I even, I work with, uh, out of all the WWE guys that I work with and girls, because I have like six that I train personally now, one of them, two of them go to a five-day split sometimes. One of them's in a four-day split because we're in a cut right now. And that's like the elite of the elite. He used to be an Olympic lifter. Um, he used to be on the Olympic wrestling team. So he's like the elite of elite athletes. Sometimes I bring him up to five or six days, but most of the time we're at four days. So, and that's just to like paint a picture of like even the elite don't need six or seven. Now, there's different phases in your life and with your goals where the specificity of that goal does require more days, right? So for example, in 2019, I decided it was at the end of 2019 and most of 2020, I just decided like I was going to try to build as much muscle as possible. It was like, it's time for me to just actually eat a ton of food and be okay getting a little chubby and just really try to build. I did six days a week of lifting, push, pull legs, push, pull legs, right? But I was eating so much food and it was strictly bodybuilding that I was totally fine. Like there was no, no issue, right? But even after about six months of doing those six days, even in Oh, well, just, sorry, my bad. It just cut me out. Um, even, you good? I'm just writing that down so he can edit it out. Okay. My bad. Oh, you're good. Um, that was weird. My uh, a reminder went off on my calendar and it like took the screen off. I thought we got out. So even, you know, after like six months of doing that six day split uh, in, in a surplus, I, I still even then was like, to smash. And I was like, man, I got to go down. I got to go down. So I went down to five days and I stuck there for like two months. And then I actually went up, ended up going down to four days, which is why I think every once in a while, and this is what I do in my six day split in the app. There's a push pull leg split. It's an amazing split for, for hypertrophy for an advanced lifter. It's a lot of volume, but every like 12 weeks, it goes down to four days a week for a month or so. And it just gives you kind of like a natural deload slash strength cycle. And then it goes back into it to avoid that burnout. Um, but point being, you don't need to train six days a week, seven days a week even. I think the best split for the vast, like 90% of my clients who, who are really committed to the gym and want to be active six days a week, we do four days of lifting and we do two days of conditioning. Sometimes one of those days of conditioning is low intensity and one day is high intensity, but many times it's, they're both pretty low intensity and it's more of like a, an active recovery to build your aerobic system, which is going to still burn a ton of calories and it's ultimately going to improve your health, your immune function, your strength. It's going to allow you to recover faster in between sets and reps and days in the gym. So it just aids your strength training. But that four days of, of strength training, two days of aerobic, one day of full rest is, is most commonly the best split that I see with most people. So give an example of what like a low impact conditioning would look like. Yeah. So if somebody doesn't get bored easily or doesn't, isn't picky, doesn't have a functional fitness or CrossFit background or anything like that, like it might be walking for 30 to 40 minutes. You know what I mean? It, it might be like for an advanced person, like my WWE guy, he's, he's actually one of them's in a cut for WrestleMania and he wanted to get shredded. So we took his conditioning, which he usually likes circuits and sleds and prowlers and shit like that. Barbell complexes, like crazy stuff. Cause he just likes having fun in the gym. He's doing a 40 minute walk outside or on an incline uh, treadmill at a moderate pace with a weight vest on. And it's like the rule is like you should be able to hold a conversation. If your walk, a wife walks out into the garage gym, like you should be able to talk to her and you're not like out of breath. I can't talk, right? Like that's the pace. Um, but it also could be for somebody who gets bored pretty easily or is at maintenance and they're not in deficit and they can recover well. It might be what we call a mixed modal, so a mixed modality aerobic circuit. So we might go every minute on the minute for 30 minutes and it's 30 seconds of work. So you go 30 seconds of the rower, 
30 seconds of farmer's carries, 30 seconds of a salt bike, and then 30 seconds of um, a plank hold, right? So you're doing different things. All of them are at like 70% effort. So you get done with the rower and you're not spent. Like you get 30 seconds of rower at a moderate pace, 30 second rest, 30 seconds of farmer's carry at a moderate pace with a moderate load, 30 second rest. You get done with that 30 minutes and you're like, I could go another 10 minutes, but I don't need to right? It's still not balls to the wall, but that's where it's like, you get the same benefit from an aerobic perspective as walking with a weight vest on. It just kind of keeps changing, right? Whereas some people like me, like I'd rather throw a weight vest on, get, my, get myself in the sun if it's actually nice out and listen to an audiobook. If I get the same benefit, that's what I'm going to do. So it kind of just depends on the person. Yeah. Perfect, dude. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, you know, what, uh, so I guess going back, you kind of, you exactly proved the you, you uh, articulated the point that I'm going to talk about, which is just more, I will go up to six days a week um, for, for spurts of time. I just know with like the demand of my normal stressful life and uh, I try to manage it well, but it still gets the best of me sometimes. And sometimes sleep is compromised. Mm -hmm. And with a new kid, by myself with him, it's a struggle. And so I just know that four really hard training sessions sometimes is more advantageous than six to seven for me. And I actually don't think anybody should train hard seven days a week ever. I don't know how you feel about that, but, and also I'm in a moderate deficit right now, not a ton. I'm just going on a vacation. I'm like, yeah, just 15% deficit. I've been at maintenance or surplus for the last six months. So, um, when I'm, when I'm higher calories, I train a little more. <clears throat> I can handle the recovery load better. I'm also training harder in those four days than I was sometimes, you know, maybe I'd have three really hard training sessions, but I'd be beat to shit, but I was, I was damn hell bent. I was going to do six days a week. And the other three were like, eh, I probably should have taken the day off. Yeah. And I guess uh, my flexibility is the way my programming, which is like from you really is, is a push pull legs and kind of repeating. And so sometimes I can get four or five, sometimes I get six, but it's mostly in that four to five range. I, like, yeah. You know, I think like it, it's, it's all, workouts or training sessions or volume is not created equal, right? So I think that, and it's so funny because I remember talking about diet breaks for nutrition, like, hey, should you take a deload every once in a while from your training? And people are like, yeah, of course, everybody knows about deloads. And I'm like, then why the fuck are you taking a diet break? Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> you get stressed out after a while, you need a break from it, right? Um, well, it's the same thing with phasing. People know, like, you don't continually stay in a deficit, right? You don't just go into a deficit and just stay there for months and months and months on end. So why would you go into a high intensity or a high volume training program and stay there for months and months and months and on end, you know? Um, but at the same token, not all volume or not all workouts are created equal. So that, that six day week that I was training on, I could last much longer on that than somebody doing CrossFit even five days a week, right? Because my intensity was low, my volume was high. So I wasn't ever really going below eight reps. It was all high rep pump work. So my loads were dropping, meaning my joints were going to stay healthier, but overall volume was higher. So it, it kind of beat me up over a long period of time, whereas something very high intensity or load can be the both the same, really like high effort, high intensity, high heart rate, all those things, very neurologically demanding. So it's, it's hard on your nervous system. It's, it beats your joints up even more and you never let your intensity come down. So you go up in intensity and then until you have a rest day, you you're up the whole time, right? Whereas with bodybuilding training, 
or a combination where we have like power building, for example, in there, which is one of my favorite ways to train where you have a little bit of power lifting and a little bit of bodybuilding on a four day split. We have some high intensity days and low intensity days, high intensity days, low intensity days, right? And same thing with our power lifting, our strength and conditioning program. It's more geared towards strength and performance. We wave that intensity. So there's a max effort day and a dynamic effort day. The max effort day, we are lifting heavy. You're going low in reps. You're pushing it. That is the most neurologically demanding training session of the week, right? But the next session is going to be a dynamic, right? You have one max effort upper and one dynamic upper. The dynamic upper day is going to be um, higher reps for accessory work so you don't have to go as heavy, and it's going to be speed work for the compound lift. So you're going at like 60 to 65% of your one rep max, which for three reps is really fucking light. Like you could do 10 reps with that, and you're doing three because you're doing it for form and speed and technique. So we have hard intensity and then low intensity. And then by the time we recover from the, the hard intensity, we're ready for another hard day, which is the next day, it's max effort again, right? So we have this waving intensity. But the, the main reason I like pointing that out is I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of like the art and the creativity inside of program design, right? They really just see a list of exercises and they get after it, right? Like one of my pet peeves is when somebody's like, oh, and, and it's hard because I get it. And if you don't have time, you kind of have to work with what you got. But sometimes people are like, oh, somebody was in the squat rack. So I decided to do my lunges and my calf raises and I did some abs and then it was finally open. So I went back to my squats. And I'm like, you're either going to get hurt doing the squats now or you're going to perform significantly worse because you did all the accessory work that's supposed to be after the squat before the squat, right? There's a sequencing and there's a purposeful art to why day one session comes before day two or why exercise a comes before exercise b or why these two are superset and these ones are not um and that's the kind of stuff that nobody really thinks about right but with having somebody do your programming it's done for you so you don't have to think about that and that's what keeps you safe and progressing right <laughs> yeah dude it's uh i it's funny too i, I as you were talking about diet breaks i had a i had a podcast listener dm me not too long ago and said um, it was when I was on your podcast. She was like, Oh, two of my favorite podcasters. Do you know that you guys talk about diet breaks more than anybody else ever? <laughs> like we probably both do a lot. I don't know. We're in the same school thought there. And I think that, you know, um, you know, deload weeks, even if, um, I think that some people who, I, well, I guess, let me ask that question. Let's say Mrs. Jones, uh, trains three days a week. Uh, we've got her training, training more than just like working out like there, there's actually some programming she's doing and um but it's three days a week um and she can never go more does that individual still need to take a deload week every few months or a week off or anything like that no nine times out of ten no so um if you like if you go in the app and you'll see there's a program called full body blast right and it's three days full body there is no deload in that program i actually had to explain this to a member pretty recently where they asked, like, where do I see when the deload week is? And I was like, well, based on your program, you don't have a deload. And the reason for that is because, like you said, they're not doing enough total volume to really warrant a deload. But I always tell people, stress is stress. So if you are doing that three-day and your training isn't hard or high volume enough to deserve a deload, but your family life, your work life, your personal life, your sleep, all those other stressors do warrant a deload, you have to be intuitive about it, right? Does that make sense? Exactly what I always say. Yep. Thank you. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So, right, right. You heard it from the training master himself. <laughs> you know, because it's like stress on your nervous system is stress on your nervous system. So for somebody who is a beginner and they have low stress, then a three-day-a-week program, you're never going to need to deload, really. And if you do, just deload. So I teach people 
like there, there's a, there's a video and there's some stuff in the app. That's like, this is how you deload. If it doesn't say deload this week, cause I pre-program on some of the programs, like you need to deload cause some people are stubborn and they just won't. You just got to listen to your body. If, if you're, if you're stressed, if you're bad sleep, if you're not progressing in the gym, take a deload week, simply lower the RPE, which is just rate of perceived exertion, lower how hard you're going on everything. Leave a few reps in the tank across the board, cut a couple sets off the heavier lifts and leave the gym feeling fresh right? It's going to be an easy week and that's okay. It's more productive for the weeks ahead. Um, but the other thing I do as well is in some of my three and four day programs, I don't put deload weeks for two reasons. Number one, sometimes people get frustrated because they think they don't need a deload week. And number two, sometimes they really don't need a deload week. So what this variation, this, this, uh, periodization method I use, like we were talking about earlier, like every three weeks, we're changing up some of the exercises, but we keep them for three weeks so you can push and progress. When we do that, it kind of provides a natural deload for most people, right? So if I'm doing a dumbbell split squat on my first leg day of the week as my first accessory lift, right? I'm probably going to progress for three weeks, right? I'm going to go heavier and heavier for three weeks. I'm going to go harder. I'm going to be better at the technique so I can give more effort. By week three, it's fucking hard. And then week four, it's a new program, right? It's a new block. And I look at it and I don't have a Bulgarian split squat anymore. I have a lateral lunge or a dumbbell forward lunge or a front foot elevated split squat, something completely different. I'm like, oh shit, I don't even know what weight to use here. So I go light and I try to get the technique and maybe by my fourth set, I get the dumbbells to be a little bit heavier, but then I'm on to the next exercise. So what did that do? It taught me how to do the skill properly and it naturally deloaded my nervous system and my joints because I had to go lighter because it was a new exercise for me. So sometimes the periodization and method I use just kind of automatically programs in a deload to where they don't even need to worry about it or think that they're deloads. So for the stubborn clients that we work with who think they can just handle more, um, it's like the whole sleep thing. There's that like sleep genetic or gene. It's like 0.00001% of people have it. It's like an anomaly, but you can get by with like three or four hours of sleep and you're like totally fine. And for the longest time, I was like, dude, that's fucking me. Like I don't need sleep. I'm totally fine. And then I realized like, no, I'm, I'm full of shit. I need sleep really bad. And I was a cranky asshole and I got more sleep and I was way more productive. But the point with that is, is <laughs> you, you can't be stubborn with, with the deload. So this kind of rules those people out as well. So it's, it's, it's an, it depends answer, but you're definitely right in, in thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was a long time ago because it was, uh, I, I don't know, I was walking my dogs and it was beautiful. So I had to be last summer, maybe before, but you had a, you had the, uh, I don't know what the hell her title is, a sleep expert or a sleep doctor on and she And she said that and I was like, damn it. I thought that was maybe me. And then I realized how like my chances of like winning the lottery are probably just as good. So yeah. I was like, I probably don't have that gene. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. No, great, great, uh, great tips on training. Honestly, I think you're one of the, uh, the more intelligent people. In the and I'm not just saying that because you're one of, one of my really good friends. Um, I think people like you and, and our good mutual good friend, Jordan Syed, uh, I think just incredible like knowledge. And I, and, and I tell people that, like I tell people, uh, in fact, I did a whole podcast on a very, very basic beginner, how to build your own training program. And somewhere in that episode, I said, you know what I just thought of? I bet my homie Cody McBroom has a, a more in depth, better podcast on this exact subject. <laughs> And we got done with the podcast. Michelle's looking and she goes, I think he has a couple. <laughs> um, I've always said, you know, you're, um, you're one of the smarter guys with training. And, you know, I mean, gosh, I think back, you know, did I get certified uh, through, through NASM uh, when I was just about to graduate high school? 
Gen 3, and then I got like my ISSA a year later. I was the youngest trainer they ever hired at Bally's before I decided to uh, take a hiatus to use heroin for a decade. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> no cap. But like, I tell people, like, it's not like I've stayed up on all of that. And so I'm very transparent. Like, I feel really solid in the nutrition space. And I'll program for you. And I know what I'm doing. But if you want somebody who's like, like, you want to know the in-depth, like, I learned so much from working with you for a couple of years on just how you'd program. I also, and this is what I encourage like people to do if they're using your app. I watched how you'd program things. Then I'd start to see, I'm like, okay, Cody didn't need to tell me I'm super setting these two together just so it's convenient for you. Cause they're both in the dumbbell section. I could tell what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't know, I would ask a question. And um, so that's one reason why, you know, I'm even going to, I mean, full transparency, like I'm going to have some of my clients start using your app for, for training because it's uh, the way you go through it and the art of training, there is more of an art to it, you know, and, and uh, I know how to program, but I am not, I am man enough to admit there's like people way smarter than me and you are one of them. So as I was going around the app real quick, and then I got some really fun questions to ask you so people can see that you're funny. Well, I don't know. You better be funny. Um, I hope so. Uh, so they've got all the, all these set programs and, and there's everything from, you got the home, you got the gym, you got the garage thing, you got, um, you know, hypertrophy, you got female, like power li- or, uh, female, sorry, I'm butchering the name. Um, like a power, uh, what does it say? Female power building. Oh, power building female. Yeah. Um, you know, upper body specialization. I got all these different things. Are you going to continue to add more and more set like eight to 12 week block things? Or is this pretty much it? I know for a fact at some point I will, um, you know, especially cause I've already been kind of like beta testing something. Cause I hurt my back, right? I hurt my low back, which brings a bunch of complications. I've hurt my back many times over the years. Um, I have some personal dysfunctions that I just ignore with mobility and with, with proper core activation stuff that I coach people on that I just failed to do myself. Um, and so I've been developing a program, working with a couple of people, both like a physio PT and, and somebody in the bodybuilding space to kind of like help me work through this. And so eventually I'm pr- planning on adding like a hypertrophy program or a strength program specific for it's modified for people who have low back issues, for example. Um, but other than that, like I don't have any plans yet. I know it will come up cause at some point I'll want to, but I think for now, like what I did is, you know, I started the, the membership site, which originally it was like, you get a PDF and an Excel sheet, right. And then it moved into true coach and then it moved into this. So I've, I've kind of had this evolution of how I'm delivering programs, but we've had it for at least two years, if not more, right, three years maybe, for me to collect data and, and see what programs are most popular, what programs are people really hyped about, what programs are people doing, and even seeing like back when it was like it's a four- to eight-week program, and then you just switch to a different program, which I think was a flawed system, but I'd see people do the same program over and over and over again because they loved it so much, so I kind of took those notes and was like, okay, what are the most popular programs that people enjoy and what are the ones that get the best results, right? And that's what this list is. So I realized that, you know, like the, the power building one, for example, is probably the most popular. Uh, that's why there's a male and a female version. It was just by far the one that was chosen the most. Um, and I just made some updates and tweaks to it and it gets the best results. Like there is some strength building in there. There's some power lifting and stuff, but it's more 
physique focused because most people who get the app, most people who work with us, they want to look better, right? Um, and everything I do is joint friendly, right? So I'm really big on safe training to make sure that you can consistently stay in the gym and not feel beat up. But that was a really popular one. Um, I had a program called Modified Conjugate Method, and uh, I changed the name to Strength and Conditioning, uh, Pure Strength and Conditioning, because Conjugate method is a very specific method used in powerlifting. And although I stole some ideas from it, I took a lot of ideas from other places as well. Um, Because I'm like, like you said, programming is art. And if you're an artist, you steal from other artists, right? You take from all these other things and you create your own version. So I didn't feel right calling it conjugate because there was just a couple aspects of conjugate, but it's a pure strength conditioning program. That was a really, really popular program. So I wanted to throw that in there. Um, so for, for the most part, like I just chose the best programs and then I'm, I'm turning them into one year cycles. So everybody can start one of them and they they have programming done for them for the rest of the year. And they only need to change programs if they ultimately get really bored, which I doubt will happen or they, their schedule changes and they need to change how many days a week they're training. Um, and they can do that on their own. They have full control over their calendar, over their workouts, all that stuff within the app. Um, so for now, until I get one year of programming in there, which I still have probably a half a year to do for all the programs. Um, I'm probably going to keep it the way it is because I think it has everything, but I'm listening to people and waiting for, you know, if enough people say that they really want X type of program, which I haven't heard any one program wanted enough from enough people, then of course I'll add to it because it's just going to keep getting better. So last question on, on the app. Um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna link it in the uh, in the bio there for you guys. I, um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's the cost of your two mocha chocolates a month from Starbucks. It's Literally, like twenty seven bucks a month, I believe. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, you guys should check it out. Period. Like the end. Like I mean, Cody, you might be even getting into a bigger thing here, but uh, I'll link that. Uh, I'll get that link from you. I'll put it in the uh, show notes for you guys. Um try it out like is there is there any real quick before i ask you the last question on it is there any uh is it just month to month it's just month to month there's no commitment there's no signing fee there's nothing it's 27 bucks a month which is less than a dollar a day 199 dollars down and then plus a 50 dollar processing fee twice a month (laughs) (laughs) interest accumulating no it's it's straight it's straight 27 bucks a month no nothing so it's 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 literally my goal was essentially like and I'd be stupid if I didn't do this. I'm a businessman. I looked at my competitors and I was like, what are they doing? I'm going to be just a little bit cheaper, right? I think there's one other person that has the same price as me. And so I signed up for their shit and I was like, let me see how, how dope yours is. And mine's way doper, right? And they're good programmers. Like, I'm not going to name them. Like, they're people I respect. I learned from them. They're great trainers. But the way that mine is presented is better. And that's why I did my homework before we created this. Right on, dude. Um so there's a list of exercises. What does one, so I just click exercise. I mean, there's, you have ankles on there. Just letting people know, like it's just <laughs> ankles. There's ankle exercises, um, you know, calves, biceps, the, the whole works. When I click on it, pulls up this big list of stuff. Can I add that to a program or like, what are those for? Just click to do it. If you want to like free flow and just, I'm going to do a shoulder day and pick random ones or what? Yeah. So they're, they're for two purposes. You could do that. Or it's purely for education. Like you need to figure out like how to execute these properly. You want to get your shoulders moving better. You're going to look at that. Um, I wanted people to have access to exercise demos in general that weren't just the ones in your program. Obviously, every program has exercises listed within the plan. And those each have a video attached to it too. So while you're doing the program, there's a demonstration you can click and watch and see and exercise notes and all that stuff. Um, But I actually removed the function of being able to program for yourself. Because originally... 
we had it so like you could go in there and be like, you know what, I'm not going to do Cody's program today. I'm going to just pick a bunch of exercises from this list. I'm going to put it together. And I was like, oh, that's a cool thing. They can kind of free flow it. And then I thought harder about it. And I was like, actually, that's that's not okay because one, I don't want anybody to get hurt using my app because they don't know how to program. And number two, the whole point of purchasing the app is not to put slap a bunch of fucking exercises together on your own. It's to get custom programming that's really fucking good and going to get you results. So I was like, I want to remove that. Leave the exercises so they can see all the different things that might be used in the program. But if they're in this app, I want them using my program because that's how I know they'll get results. And that's what the value of this app is going to give them. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Is it, that we kind of defeat the purpose, right? I'm going to do a biceps and uh, toe day. So I'm just going to work my toes. <laughs> and I'm going to do 19 sets of biceps, you know? And that, you know, that could easily happen. Like yeah. Maybe not the toes, but like, uh, you know, someone's like, oh, look at all these biceps. And someone inexperienced, like, we laugh, but it happens. Yeah. They'll go do 25 sets of biceps but can't move their arm for two weeks. Dude, I would do biceps until my elbows broke if I didn't know better. <laughs> Literally. Dude, that's how you get the guns, right? I mean, that's what I've been trying. You were, actually, uh, you were actually, somebody really shifted my perception on, man, I was so sad on that bodybuilding bro split, right? Chest day, back day, leg day, shoulder day, arm day. And, uh, I started doing far less actual arm exercises, but doing more like push, pull legs, full body, these different programs you had for me. And my arms got bigger. Wouldn't you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like from doing more heavy back, you know, movements and, and doing that almost like twice a week. It was like one point, it was like one every like fifth day, sometimes how it would rotate, you know? So, yeah. And I think too, like people forget about, uh, frequency is a tool to manipulate your volume for to improve the stress place on a muscle, but also to improve your recovery, right? So ideally, you're taking 72 hours between muscle groups, like direct tension applied, right? Um, however, if you take, if you're doing it just once a week, you're getting twice that, right? And the reason we do 72 hours, one, it gives full recovery. And two, that's when like muscle protein synthesis and all the anabolic signals you're sending to a muscle, they start to really die down at that point. Like if I, if I do a bunch of back biceps traps, all those things on Monday by Wednesday, they're starting to fade away Thursday. I need to hit, hit all those muscle groups again, right? If I take a full week, it's just too long before I reintroduce that stimulus to the muscle. And then the other side of it is, and you would have recognized this. If I have two upper body days and I hit chest on both those days, I'm going to go heavier, probably do more reps. And my joints are going to be healthier from splitting it up into two days, which accumulates to more total volume per week and a longer training career. Where if I do just one chest day, I do bench, then I do like dumbbell flies. And then by the time I get to the cable machine or the hammer strength, I'm just fried and I can't lift super heavy. And it's like compromising my joints. Other muscles are starting to compensate. It's just not as effective. So if we go bench, fly, okay, stop there. Finish the rest of your chest on the next upper body day. You'll lift heavier and safer on those days. You're just going to get more out of it. 100%. I'll, I'll say that. That pec tear that I had that I never got fixed uh, over a decade ago now um, was always causing me issues. That that AC joint, that shoulder, was going to my trap. Because I'd be doing like, you know, 16 sets, 16, 18 sets of chest at one time. And it would always hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'd be like, oh, I got to take a week before I can train that again. And when I started splitting that up like eight and eight, so the same amount of volume, sometimes even more, sometimes you had like nine and nine, my shoulder never, my, my shoulder does not hurt anymore. So for me, that was a huge benefit of not placing so much demand stress because like you said, by the time I got to my third exercise chest, what am I doing? I'm engaging that front delt. 
which is just pulling. And that's where that pec tear is. So, um, was way more efficient, way more efficient for me. Yeah. Less pains, less stress to my joints. I always had that golfer's elbow. That doesn't hurt anymore. I love it, dude. Yeah. I think that, you know, like a lot of people, this goes back to like, it's not just a list of exercises. There's, there's a methodical reason behind everything inside the program. And I've had, uh, many people use my training programs over the years and tell me like, I've had like surprisingly a lot of men come to me and go, Oh, I, I can't bench. Like I don't bench. Why? My shoulders, I can't bench anymore. I just, I, I'll never bench. And then within a month they're benching again. And it's like, it's just, it's just structuring your programming better, alleviating some of the tension on those joints and then allowing them to work properly. And, and, you know, I mean, think about it, like even us, like we're quote unquote trainers and coaches. So we are like health, blah, blah, blah. We're also in front of a fucking computer like this all day, right? So my hips are in flexion. My shoulders are in flexion and protraction. What does that do? It creates more tightness in my lats and my chest. It creates more of an anterior glide on my scapula, which impinges the joint. My hip flexors are tight as fuck. So what do I need to do? I need to do more extension, right? We go to the gym, we look in the mirror, we want to do quads, biceps, chest, because that's what we see, right? Unless you're a girl, you probably like doing glutes a little bit more, which is great because that's going to help you with this. But we need to do as any individual, more glute, more hamstring, more upper back, more lats, things that are going to pull you into a good posture, extension, not just flexion. And you just feel 10 times better. You don't need a physical therapist to teach you that. You just need good programming. Dude, I could keep chatting for hours about this. I'm actually fascinated. And like I said, dude, I've always, I mean, the the, the cool part about this is, is me being like, dude, I promote, I, I will, dude, let's throw this in there. You guys try this app um, is because you've heard me over the last two years. If you've been a loyal listener, two and a half, mention Cody's name as kind of like when I talk about people like, well, but if you want like in-depth training stuff, I suggest you follow so-and-so and so and you're always in there. So Thank you, man. this is a, con- it's not just like all of a sudden out of nowhere. I'm like, well, he's my homie. So let's, let's promote his app. You guys have heard me mention Cody's name. I, and whenever anything about training, I'll give my advice and I'll say, you know, but check out Cody. He's got a YouTube video on this. He's got a podcast on this. So it's, um, it's a really cool dynamic because it's just very synergetic. I've always, you know, I think you're, you're one of the, uh, foremost guys on training, you know, and, Thank you, uh, and, and most people agree with me on that. I appreciate that a lot. I, I really do. I hope everybody agrees with you on that. I know there's, I mean, I, I think like the last thing I'll say, and then we can get onto some of these, these rapid fire stuff. Cause I know you got those in the tank and those are fun, but, and this is what, this is what I love about Jordan too. Jordan side, our friend, like he, he does this as well, but I think there's, you know, there's science and then there's application. And I think, in order to know things, you got to know the science, but in order to do really well with clients, you got to have the application side because science and application don't always match up. It's like this gray area in the middle where you take the science and use the theories and you figure out how to actually incorporate it into real fucking human beings life. Right. And that's, and that's, I think where I excel with training is I'm not going to just spit out information about volume, intensity, and frequency and studies. I'm going to tell you how to apply this shit. And that matters. It matters a lot. So, Right on. Well, you guys take it. Uh, the uh, it's in, available in the uh, in the app store, right? It's called the Taylor Trainer. Yeah. Uh, if you guys just click on the link from this, though, it should take you right to the app store. I'm assuming, right? Uh, it'll take you to where you purchase. So anybody can go download the app, but you're not going to get a, a username and password. <laughs> They're like, this app's the worst. He's got nothing in here. <laughs> I can't um, get in. <laughs> yeah. Um, highly endorse it. You guys be look, be on the lookout. Um, I really want some of you guys to try it and I want your feedback so I can give it to Cody. I know he's always looking for feedback and I believe there's even a Facebook forum um, where people can ask questions and, and you're in there answering or your team is answering. Um, and, and I've seen some of them because I'm part of the group and 
uh, very thorough explanations and that you don't get that when you purchase a big, big box name app, you're not going to get a support group and a community that are answering questions and like, Oh, there's my question. I see that somebody already asked it, you know? Yep. Yep. As of now, like I'm literally actually, it's cool. Some of the members are starting to answer questions that have been with me for a long time, which is it's dope. Um, but I'm the only one. So I'm going to, I'm going to pay one of my trainers to start answering questions with me soon. Cause it's, it's, there's becoming a lot, but I'm literally in there every day. So it's fun though. That's pretty cool. Well, sweet. Okay, man, you guys check that out and be on the lookout for some more information. Uh, coming on this uh for you guys we don't know yet but it's gonna be something cool so um highly endorse the app you guys check it out i'm currently doing it for my training and loving it so that is listen the show notes uh don't be stupid grab the app okay now we're gonna go to a fun little second and we're gonna do this rapid fire instead of like because i know you've done a whole overrated underrated episode so did i where i mean michelle probably asked me 10 or 15 questions but it took an hour yeah. we're gonna do this yeah. like Gary V style in like under 10 minutes. Cool. Does that work? Yep. Let's do it. So I, I, Cause I love giving, you know, who would be the worst at this game? Our friend, Sam, oh, yeah. he can't, he can't go short. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've called that overhyped underhyped, but just for the sake of it, cause it gets confused. We'll just do overrated, underrated or properly rated. Okay. okay. Got it. Um, going to ask, you can give a brief little, you know, if you don't feel like you need to give a brief explanation, don't, but, uh, okay. And, we will get into this. Sorry, I was just looking up a minute. I'm gonna have him put a sound effect. I can do it on my Roadcaster Pro. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I'm all about the sound effects, dude. I've got some cool little music. I always we put sticky notes on mine so I can start using them because I didn't know which ones. I would try to do it. Yep. What's that? Yep. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> That one. Yep. <laughs> dude, we programmed some of our own, dude. They're pretty sweet. I got Homer Simpson. Dope. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's sick. Yeah. I'm going to do that. That's dope. I'll send you the, uh, the list of them, or I don't know. I mean, he knows how. Yeah. Okay, okay cool. Let's go. All right. Okay. First one Bulgarian split squats. <sighs> uh, underrated for sure. Those are, in my opinion, that's the best single leg leg exercise there is. Best unilateral leg exercise there is. It's underrated because people fucking hate it and it's hard. You got to do it. Gary V had posted a tweet when he was working with Jordan Side. He said, but he likes Bulgarian Swiss spots as a psychopath or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Body fat calipers. Completely overrated. I think all body fat testing is overrated. What I will say is body fat calipers are decent in seeing trends over time. If you really control the settings, I think they're way better than like a bod pod or an in body and stuff like that because it's accurate, but the problem is, is people get so focused on the number. Like if it says 17%, you could be 13 or 24. It's not like, don't look at the number, look at the trend and control the environment, but overrated. hundred percent. Um, HRT hormone replacement therapy. I think that is underrated. I think that there is, I mean, this is a whole podcast on itself, but I think a lot of people associate it too closely with steroids and it's so far from that. And I think that there's a lot of people, and I've had a lot of clients that fall into this category who just have a much better quality of life because of it. And to me, it's like, and there's this whole thing is like, yeah, but once you start, you got you to gotta keep doing it forever. And it's like, okay, you do, but you could also keep living suboptimal and kind of feeling shitty forever. So like, which ones, <laughs> which one do you want to choose? Taking this or feeling shitty forever taking it, you know? So I think, I think it's, I think it's underrated longevity, health, quality of life, cross board. I mean, dude, I agree with that. Yeah, and sure you do, but uh, you know, 
yeah, do you want to live a, a good life? And quite frankly, you know, I mean, one of the sides, one of the downfalls is, uh, you know, it can be a, a, a contraceptive for men as far as uh, suppressing that. And uh, so I came off it and got enough, uh, got enough going in the boys and we were good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like you can, you can stop for certain reasons, but I completely agree. I could go off on that. We won't. Um, all right. Visible abdominals. Ooh, I would say overrated. I think that, uh, I mean, it's even just a genetic thing, dude. Like I got to get really fucking lean to really see my abs because I don't have well-developed abs, partially because I don't enjoy training abs, but, um, yeah, I would say it's overrated for the most most part. I think it's yeah. Dude, I never train abs, like yeah. never. Um, you program some for me, and I just conveniently. Uh, wow, I forgot. I ran out of time, and I still have abs when I get lean. That is just purely genetic. It's genetic, like, you know. I have pretty decent developed abs, and people go, "What are your core exercises?" And I was like, "You don't want to know." Most sucking in. Yeah, so I'm actually because I did a bodybuilding show and I didn't do any abs, and I saw at the end that genetically my abs suck. I could see them because I got so fucking shredded. Um, but this is the first time where I'm actually adding a, a few sets of abs in basically every day, Monday through Friday, because uh, I'm starting to cut here soon. In like I'm in the kind of like my primer phase before I get in the cut, and I want to see if it makes difference because that is one thing for me is like whenever I get super lean, I never my abs never pop. I'm going to test out the theory, but in general, for most people I work with everything like that, I think it's overrated. Nobody really sees them. We wear shirts 99% of the time. The chase of them is extremely overrated yeah. too. Um, cold showers. Ooh. I'm going to say overrated because I fucking hate them, man. I, I hate them, but. You're going to say properly rated. <laughs> actually, you know what? I would say properly rated because I don't regret doing it. I did it for 30 days. I'm probably not going to do it for a while because I really, I, I dude, I, I hate cold water with a passion. I, I hate cold water. I don't like cold <laughs> at all, but uh, I don't regret it because doing hard shit like that, it just makes everything else seem way easier, you know, like, and I think there is value in that building that grit by just fucking cranking the shower on cold and just dealing with it. Um, so I think it's properly rated. I think there's some people that overhype the shit out of cold anything. And then I think there's people who properly rate it like you, you're like, it just makes me harder as an individual. And I like that, like not literally, but like figuratively. <laughs> you never know cody don't you don't know what happens, <laughs> okay. okay i think it's the opposite actually conversation um, for another time <laughs> like when uh, when uh frank the tank goes streaking in old school and they're like oh, there, frank that's what i look like um <laughs> all right weighted vests Ooh. um they have value but i would say overrated i i, I think that we get the, you know, you get those people that just throw it on all the time and you're like, dude, like take it off. Like you need to control your movement patterns better. You don't need to throw a weight vest on a chest supported row. That doesn't make sense. Like it's just fucking weird, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think, I think it's overrated. I think it's a good tool, but it's, it's overrated. Uh, pickles. <laughs> oh, overrated. Disgusting. I fucking hate pickles. What about a cucumber? Oh, dude, I hate cucumbers. It's funny. You literally pick the two foods I don't like. Cucumbers, pickles, and horseradish. Those are the only foods I don't like. Uh, oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, well, I threw pickles in. Because <laughs> I don't like pickles. People are like, ooh, have you had these pickles? I'm like, I don't want a pickle. Oh. I don't want, because the sodium, I'm like, no, I just don't want to eat a pickle. It just doesn't sound very fun. It's gross. Um, one gram, the rule of one gram per pound, a protein per pound of body weight as a universal kind of rule. Hmm. Um, properly rated. I think that's properly rated. I am a, I'm a high protein guy. So there's many times why I will take people above one gram 
But there's also times where I don't go to a gram because it's hard for the person to adhere to or they're just really overweight and they don't need a gram per pound. So I think one gram per pound is universally properly rated because it's it's right in the middle of what's best for most people. And if you're 350 pounds, I'm probably not going to give you 350 grams of protein. Exactly. Right? Uh, for me, um, I train like an athlete and I, you know, you had me and that's kind of where I do about 1.2 grams per pound. Yep. So um, the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Ooh, uh, if you, if you would have asked me this, which I wouldn't have been alive, but it like in 1990 or 95, when I was three, I would have said properly rated. Cause I feel like they had some good hype going, but I think underrated, man, their new album was sick. That just came out like last year. I think, I think people are sleeping on the Wu-Tang. I mean, it's the biggest rap group that has ever existed. There's like 27 people in it. It doesn't make sense. Every like song, another new guy pops out and you're like, who the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, it's just another homeboy. That's like part of the clan. You know, it's just like this huge I think they're dope. Underrated. Yeah. I, I mentioned the Wu-Tang Clan to my nephew over the weekend. He said, who? His kid's 16, right? Oh, I go, the Wu-Tang Clan? He had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like, man, I think they're underrated. Yeah, um, homework. Sam homework. Miller Science. Sam Miller Science is uh, overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only saying that because I love you, Sam. But I, I, if I said properly rated, I'd be a dick. And if I said underrated, I'd be an ass kicker. <laughs> Properly rated. I think I think people know that Sam is incredible. He's like Rain Man. That dude will bankrupt the casino. He's so smart. Yeah. And I think people know that. I think Sam, you are properly rated. He's not going to listen to this, but um, <laughs> masterminds. Masterminds overrated for sure. Um, I purposely don't call mine masterminds because I think they're so overrated. Uh, hip thrusts. <sighs> uh, underrated in the scientific community overrated in the general population can I do that because like there's a lot of scientific people who are like oh there's not more glute activation if you're doing squats with accumulated volume blah blah blah. I'm like every female girl that comes to me that wants a bigger butt and I do hip thrust three times a week grows a bigger butt and squats do nothing to see that same result like it's just period so I think that it's it's uh, it's underrated for them, but I think it's overrated gem pop. Cause there's some girls that are just like, they're trying to hip thrust 500 pounds. Their form is shitty. They don't get into full extension and they're forgetting the fundamentals of movement pattern. Like they're not squatting or pressing or pulling or doing anything else. They're just trying to like, they like seize with the bar until it gets all the way up and they don't even break full extension. So yeah. It, well, when I started doing uh, hip thrust with correct form, uh, my ego was hit cause I had to drop the weight a lot. Yep. Actually activate the glutes. Yep. Bitch, your friend started to stick his finger in your butt. That's the glue <laughs> activator. <laughs> Short yeah. It's um, like his best video. Right. The junior, the uh, junior mint Seinfeld episode. Ooh, underrated. Everybody always talks about the uh, the the soup Nazi. Which don't get me wrong, it's a great episode. The soup guy is funny, but the junior mint episode is fucking hilarious. He drops a junior mint in a guy's like intestines or something That's when they're doing surgery. One. And people are always like, "Nah, Kenny Rogers roasters." I'm like, "No, no, no. the junior mint is junior one mint. of the best." Junior mint and uh, man hands, man, like. There's just the one part where she's like, oh, let me get that. You got something on your face and like wipes his mouth with her finger. And it's clearly like a, a male mechanic's hand, <laughs> like rubbing her face, his face. <laughs> Love that. You know, the junior minute. I knew, I knew you'd be on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Travis McQueen. <laughs> My man is underrated, dude. He is like, he's the silent killer. He's, I mean, he's a beast with the media stuff, obviously, uh, but the dude is just like the most caring individual, the best gift giver I've ever, like he makes me feel shitty when I give gifts because he's so fucking thoughtful with gifts. Like it's crazy. It doesn't make sense, dude, but 
underrated. Dude, I, I love Travis McQueen. I really do. When I'm, I mean, this dude took some pictures of us. At, uh, we were at uh, Go Figure, a mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A year and a half ago, that dude took the pictures and he was, I'm going to send them to you. It was not even 30 seconds later. My phone was buzzing. I was like, dude, is on it. I just like Travis. And I know because I know what Sean does for me. I mean, I couldn't get this podcast going. I FaceTimed him. He picks up. He walks me through it. I know what Sean does for me on the back end to, you know, making my videos look good. Yeah. The ideas he helps me within the podcast editing. And, and I just, I don't give Sean enough credit. Like, you run so efficiently probably because of guys like Travis. Yep. Right? Yep. The people behind the scenes do a lot, man. Travis is the best. I think we should just get Travis just solo on the podcast and give you a break. <laughs> I'm be Travis, actually. Can you end this? I'm just uh, Tracking fiber. Ooh. Um, I'm actually going to say overrated because I think if you I, – I, I just know that, like, you know, in my 10 years of coaching experience, 10-plus years, rarely ever do I need people to really track if they're just doing the right shit. You know, there's sometimes where people – have digestive issues or like satiety issues, stuff like that. And I'm like, Hey, like let's start striving for a fiber goal. And I give a general fiber goal. Like I will say like at the beginning of my plans, I'm like, Hey, this is your general goal, but I don't want people to track it to a neurotic level. Cause we're already tracking so many things. It's like, let's minimize what we need to. And I don't know about you, but I find that if you're eating the amount of fruits and vegetables that you need to, if you're eating enough, uh, like healthy starches, like if you're just eating real food, usually you get enough based on your calories, right? If we go by the whole like 10 to 15 grams of fiber per thousand calories, it's hard not to hit that if you're eating real food for majority of your diet. I agree. Uh, the movie Borat. <laughs> oh man, it's been a while. I think, uh, I think overrated. I, I, and the reason I say that is because I, he, they've come out with like multiple sequels that I just didn't, I wasn't like, ah, oh, like you should have just stopped that Borat. Borat was fucking hilarious. I thought it was amazing. So at the time, I think it was properly rated. It was pretty well hyped. I'm going to say it's properly rated. I'm not going to say it's overrated. I think it's properly rated. It was on the other night on a weekend night, and I watched it by myself, and I was laughing at just how stupid it was. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> um, All right, pineapple on pizza. Oh, overrated, man. You don't, to me, like, you don't put fruit on a pizza. It's weird. Don't do that. Dude, it's worse. I'm sorry. If you guys put pineapple on the pizza, I still love you. I just don't sure I trust you anymore. That's yeah. just the bottom line. Yeah, that's disgusting. I, I, I will purposely order Hawaiian pizza, and I ask them to replace the pineapple with black olives. You're like, so just no Hawaiian pizza. Just the pizza. But just, <laughs> no, yeah, take off the Hawaiian part. Um, um, okay, I'll, I have a bunch more. We'll just wrap up with these two. Um, um, flat bench press. Overrated. I think all the compound lifts are overrated, to be honest with you. I think that people rely on the big three too much, and it's like you have to bench squat deadlift. And I'm like, okay, but what about like a low incline bench press or a floor press or a dumbbell bench press if that's better for you, right? What about an overhead press? That's more functional. You're way more likely to throw something up over your head in real life than off of your chest, you know what I mean? So I think that you have to do the movement patterns, push, pull, hip, knee, core kind of thing, but I think the big three are overrated for most people unless you're a competitive powerlifter. I don't do flat bench ever since I tore my pec. And by the way, I, everybody I know who tore their pec did it one way and it was flat bench. But, uh, so I'll do floor presses. I'll do dumbbell, um, presses. I'll, you know, even some hammer strength sometimes or, but, uh, so I'm glad to hear that. Uh, filters. Seltzers like 
Filter, no filters. Oh, filters. Well, we know seltzers like the uh, what about those new drinks that I don't I never got a chance to drink. What are they called? Uh, I mean, which one? Yeah, the, uh, the, the alcohol drinks. White what, Claw. Like the, there's like uh, yeah, White Claw. Yeah, White Claw. How about a White Claw? Dude, there's so many. Truly White Claw. There's like a Corona seltzer. There's a Bud Light seltzer. There's a dude. They're they're just, are they? No, they're horrible. It's just like fucking sparkling water. It, to me, it's like this. Like, if I'm gonna drink, I want a flavorful fucking beer. Right, or a glass of whiskey, something flavorful. I don't want, you know what it is? It's for people who like to drink to fucking get drunk. And it's like, they can drink a bunch because it's really easy to drink. It's low calorie. And I know this because I've been to barbecues with people and my friends will fucking show up with a 24 rack of those things and just start crushing them. And I'm like, you're here to get drunk. <laughs> like, I'm going to sip on like a few beers that I really enjoy. And if I get a buzz, great. You know, like, um, I don't know if that's like a grandpa thing for me to say, but yeah. I mean, it sounds like a very reasonable thing for you to say. I'm like, I've never had a white claw, but I'm like, I did have a wine cooler, and I feel like they're kind of the same thing, but I could be wrong. Similar. Wine um, coolers have way more okay. flavor. But filters was what I asked you. Filters, like, on Instagram. Uh, overrated. I mean, overused, overhyped. Yeah, 100%. I don't know if they're overrated. I feel like they're properly rated because most people know they're fucking bullshit. But it's also like, what are you using it for? You know, because I'll use, like, presets and filters and shit to make a picture look cool but it's not to make me look more ripped. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think that like I'll have a picture where I'm wearing a sweatshirt with my daughter and I do it. So the background looks like more fucking cool. And like, it's just like that to me, that's creative. So I think they're properly rated because if you're using it for the wrong reasons, it's, it's selling snake oil. You know what I mean? You're, you're trying to make yourself look shredded. Dude, so I, I, I put filters sometimes on my stories because the lighting will look horrible and that like, you can actually see me a little better. But then I always try to throw some in with no filter when the lighting is good, because I don't quite, frankly care if all my blemishes on my face are touched up yeah. i don't need to be tan and dusk all the time you know with sparkles on me um yep uh, okay last one hugs dude underrated i think Thank hugs you. hugs and compliments i think they're both underrated <laughs> i agree i've missed um i didn't know how much i love just hugging like giving hugs like i'm a big hugger yeah. and all of this hit this pandemic i was like what do I do with my hands? Hi, like bowing to people now. <laughs> like a samurai. Uh, uh, sweet. Dude, Kate, that was fun. That took actually long enough. I could, I got, the sad part, I got like 20 more <laughs> I really went off last night. Um, Kate, dude, thank you so much for your time. That went way over, uh, actually way over your time. I made you reschedule another podcast. Shout out to those people. <laughs> <laughs> um sweet okay you guys check out the app in there thank you so much for for everything you do for the the uh, fitness community dude and and blessed to call you um you know one of my really good friends and uh and uh just just grateful for everything you've done and uh for me and you guys check out the app uh it's killer you're gonna love this thank you man i appreciate the, the opportunity to come on again and, and talk shop and talk about what i love Real quick, I mean, people are under rock and not following you, but where, where are you hanging out the most? Where those tags? We'll list everything in the show notes for you guys as well as your podcast. Yeah, everything is at tailoredcoachingmethod.com. That's where, like, most of the content is, is sourced. But the most frequent content is going to be Instagram, at Cody McBroom, and then uh, the podcast is the Tailored Life Podcast. Sweet. We'll list all that in the show notes for you guys. Thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah.